in Parshas um, Vaera, it says that um, Pari came and he called Moshe and Aharon again, and he said, um, I sinned. Hashem atzadik, Hashem is the tzadik. Vani va'ami harsham, and me and my nation, they are the guilty ones. But what happened was, is that even after he verbally, Pare verbally admitted his guilt, when he was under the pressure of that makkah, of that plague, you see very shortly afterwards he reverted back to his old ways. As soon as the pressure was off, he went back to his bad ways. And the Alta Fistalom Batka, Romnachsen Svi Finkel, Zechatzadak of Racha said, the reason behind this is, is because he viewed suffering in a very limited perspective. He viewed suffering merely as a punishment for wrong. So that's why he said that Hashem is right, he's the judge, meaning the punishment is fear, because I did a bad thing and I deserve that punishment. So that is a madrega. But the bottom line, though, is is that the reality of Hashem's causing suffering to a person is not just to punish. There's a strong element of kindness built into it. How so? Because suffering is a divine message coming from Hashem telling a person that there's something that you can improve upon. It's not there to paralyze you. It's there to cause you to improve. The goal of suffering is to motivate a person to improve his behavior. So if Pari would have viewed suffering in that way, in a broader way, to improve his behavior, he would have improved his behavior. But because Pari viewed suffering only as a punishment and nothing else, as soon as the punishment was over, he made no changes. He reverted back to his old ways. This lesson teaches us that when you view suffering as a means to elevate yourself, you'll find meaning in your suffering, and the suffering actually will alleviate. You'll be able to cope with it better, even if you're still feeling pain, and ultimately, there'll be healing. So the question always you need to ask yourself is, how do I use this suffering as a way to improve? So that's one lesson in this week's Parsha. Another one is a big aside where Pram talked about a lot, about weighing options of whether something is worth it or not when you do something. So, for example, he talks about that um, in this week's Parsha, that um, Pari said you could go bring Karbanas to your, your, your God, and Moshe said we can't do so over here, because um, if we slaughter the god of Egypt, because the the the, that, the, the animal was a the 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 of of Eretz, of, of Eretz Mitzrayim, won't they stone us? So the Chassam Sefer mentions the idea here being that um, when they would see Moshe was trying to say that when they would see the Eden try to shecht their Avaydazara. They will become so infuriated that they would want to stone them. But because they were already hit by all these makas, they would not be able to harm the Jews. And that would make their frustration greater. They would have that tsar of their avedizara being shechted, and they would want to harm the Jews, and they would not be able to. And that is a strange... Chassam Seifer says this. And... Um, 
And he explains that this is what Moshe Rabbeinu says, It's not proper for us to do that. Meaning like this, which is a fascinating concept. Even with Mitzrayim, and they deserved what they got, and the Makkas were justified, and we are happy about it, because that was a healing to Klai Yisrael and a punishment for the Egyptians for the bad things that they did. But you see that even in the Makkas, Hashem gave a certain limit to it and said, I'm not going to have them suffer needlessly. And he felt that, according to the Hassam Seifer, that this is a needless suffering, an extra pain that has no purpose to it, to shech their idol in front of them and get frustrated and not able to do something about it. It's something that they, even Hashem decided that's something that they shouldn't go through. That type of torture was not necessary. As that's what Rapam said when he explained this Hassam cipher. And the Rapam brought down then the Masil Sisharim. The, the whole Masil Sisharim is, is very, very crucial and vital. But he brings down in Parak Chaf, the 20th Parak of Masil Sisharim, he talks about the concept of Mishkal HaChasidus. What is Mishkal HaChasidus? It is the balance of knowing, for example, if someone is required, according to halacha, to do something, then, of course, you have to do it, no matter how many people make fun of you, and no matter what uh, it is. If it's a mitzvah mamish, example, like putting on tefillin, if let's say it's man kriyashma, and you're in a train, and it's already... In two, three minutes, it's going to be the man kriyashma is over. Kriyashma is doiraisa. You cover your eyes, you say Shema Yisrael. Even if the train is full of goyim, it makes no difference. Same thing with tefillin. If the man tefillin is passing by, it's a mitzvah, it's a chiv. In those situations, you don't care what people think or do, you just do the mitzvah. However, if something is not mamish mamish a chiv, it's just better to do it or a chumrah to do it, or a hither to do it, then it's more complicated. You have to weigh the effects, how this act will have, and what reaction it will, it will cause. If it will cause anger and resentment, and lead to violation of other types of Torah commandments, then you with, withhold it. If it's praiseworthy, under the circumstances, then you do it. And it's a big shikle. It's a big balance, and Rapam used to talk about this a lot. And um, he explained that his grandfather, Allah Shalom, was a Rav, and the Rav had a town that had Hasidish people and not Hasidish people. And on Pesach, he would eat gebrachts. That was, the, that was his grandfather's meaning. He would eat gebrachts, but he would only eat gebrachts privately. He didn't want to offend the other people who did not eat gebrachts. The previous Rav of the town was a big misnagid, and because that particular misnagid felt he had no, there was no halachic basis for gebrachts, and was totally unnecessarily and unnecessary chumrah, to show contempt for those who did not eat gebrachts, he would put the knedlich in the windows to show it to all that the Rav ate gebrachts. So Rapam said that that, that, that hanhaga is not proper. That Hanaga is not proper. That's an example of the Mishkala Hasidus being used the wrong way. He also said once that the one Pesach a man came to his grandfather with a little package. 
he removed a wrapper and another wrapper and another wrapper and took out a piece of wet matzah. What's the problem? So the, the man was upset. He says, Rabbi, the matzah fell into hot soup. And I want to know if the bowl and the spoon and the soup is treif. And the Rav told him softly and nicely, my friend, only chametz is asar in Pesach, even b'mashu taka, but matzah is not, and you don't have to kasha the bowl, you don't have to kasha the spoon. Now that other Rav would have blown up, exploded in anger, such a silly question, and would even probably berate the f- f- guy, but he was asking it with a tamimus. That's what Mishkala Hasidus is. You weigh these options. You think it through. I forgot the whole story, but there's a story with Rabbi Kron, and uh, his father had passed away, and his mother was making the Seder, and they invited Rabbi Shadron, Shadron to the Seder. And I don't remember the exact story, but I'll say it as far as I remember it. It was very, very moving. Of course, Rabbi Shadron had a minig and to, to make sure to eat the afikoyimim before chatzais. Rav Kron knew this, but the Seder was taking longer. And, and he noticed Rav Kron himself was getting anxious and was considering telling his mother in a nice way to just move the Seder quickly along so that Rav Shadron should eat the afikoyimim before chatzais. And Rav Shadron either saw this or sensed it, and when the mother wasn't looking or in the other room, Rosh Hashanah told Rav Kron that, don't worry, this is a mitzvah, she's an almana, and don't pressure her in any way, shape, or form. And I believe that say that he did not eat dafikoyimim by chatzais. Bekitzad is a mishkalach hasidus, a weighing of knowing what to do and how to go about doing it. And so on and so forth. He gives different examples of it. He brings down um, that some an incident that happened in Sukkot during World War uh, World War One. The Chavetz Chaim and others went to a particular town, and they weren't able to get a fresh lulav or esrik for you to use for the mitzvah of Sukkot, and they only had a dried out set. And it was clear you couldn't make a bracha on it. And when it came to say halal, they wanted to honor the Chavetz Chaim by letting him hold the lulav and esrik and wave it for the nanuim, but he didn't take it. And the Chavetz Chaim explained as follows. He said that performing nanuim is a very holy act, but it's still a minig. It's a great act, but it's still a minig. If I would be given the honor of waving these four minim, there may be other rabbanim, other talmidei chachamim in the shul, who may feel hurt, slighted by the fact that they were not given the honor and I'm given the honor. And I will not be over the isser of causing a naw or, or, or whatever, pain to another Yid just because of this minig. And he brings down Rapam that the base Lechem Yehuda to Shulchan Aruch brings down from the Sefer Hasidim that if a son wants to take upon himself to voluntary fast for spiritual elevation and for kapara, but it causes his parents distress because they don't want him to fast, he should not fast. He weighs his actions carefully, even if his kavonis are l'shem shamayim. He needs to be careful not to do actions that would cause distress to others. So again, in the Mesil Shisharim, it's in Parak Chaf. Rapam used to talk about this a lot. And 
you really have to determine. Again, if it's Mama Shechiv, and there's no way around it, and it's Mama Shechiv, that's one thing. But if it is a, a Shita, a Chumrah, a Minig, things like that, then you have to weigh it with everything else and realize and see if it's Kedai to do or not Kedai to do. A lot of it applies to Teichacha, which again is a complicated subject. We're not going to get into it now. Of to know sometimes, even when you see, this is how it's very important also, let's say in Shul or you're invited Shabbos. Here it's complicated. I'm not giving an answer now because I don't know the answer. But let's say you go to another house for Shabbos, your guest, and you realize that they don't realize about Helcha Shabbos certain things. And they're doing certain things incorrectly, according to many shitas, whether it's in Bayer, or whether it's in Bishel, whether it's in um, other types of things, that you realize they're not doing it really 100% correct. So there is an example, and I don't have the full answer of how to go about it, and you have to ask, of what Mishkal Hasidus is then. What do you do? I don't know the answer, but it could be that if something's Mamesha Dairaisa, and according to all shitas, this is Usr Isr Gummer, and it's a Dairaisa Dika Isr Gummer, then maybe in a nice way it's a Chiyav Taka to point out to this family, you know, the way you're doing this. And they're Shema Shabbos, they want to know, and to tell them in a nice way, you know, don't do it this way, do it a different way. But on the other hand, if you're going to see 20 different things and they're different shitas, and you know, some may be makel, some may be machmer, but you hold that it's aser, uh, you know, whatever it is, uh, opening up a soda bottle, you see in this family, they all open up soda bottles, and you're minig, or you even feel the halacha, it's aser. So there, there's a mishkal hachasidas. You weigh it. Is there another shita that's a kula? What do you say? Will the saying of something backfire? Is it better not to say? And those are things that are complicated. You need a lot of siyata deshmaya for. It takes thought. But it's important to learn, and it's a big lesson in life. This mishkal hachasidus of weighing on how, when, to, to, to act, when you see something that's technically not proper, or a minig that you want to do that is not being held, is it better to hold back? Is it better not to hold back? Those are very important parts of being an Erlich To know what to do in those Matzavim. Sometimes you have to ask. Sometimes you think it through. In Shalom Bayis, as we discussed, it's also very, very true. You see your husband or your wife doing something that technically may be a violation on Halacha. And how to go about it is a little complicated. But you try. You try to work it through and to resolve it in the best possible way. Have a good Shabbos.